Welcome, everybody, to the final week of our short three-week series called Joy to the World. And right before we jump into what we're going to talk about in the next few moments, I want to speak to something that I said last week and bring a little clarity to it. Last week, we talked about how to experience joy when you're going through difficult stuff and pain and challenges and problems. And in doing so, I talked about Paul in the first century, St. Paul, the apostle in the first century, and how what he wrote about joy to us is interesting knowing the fact that he was writing from prison. He had been arrested for, you know, telling people about Jesus, and now he was writing this from prison. And I, and I think I made a comment to the effect of, I know you may be going through some difficult things, but you're probably, or at least you're not, you know, in prison for telling people about Jesus. And it came to my attention that we do have so many of our church family and friends who are actually watching from a prison facility, a correction facility of some type. And I wanted you to know that in no way did I mean that insensitive or um, in, in any way did I mean that to come across um, offensive uh, we are so thankful for you, and you are a part of our church family, and we know that you are a part from your family and friends, and it makes your Christmas a whole different kind of experience than what we're experiencing. And so we acknowledge that and just want to make sure, and I'm sure you're not offended and, and all that kind of stuff, but I, as your pastor, I'm just wanting to make extra sure that um, we let you know how much we care about you and value you. In fact, I'd like to pray for you now. Can you guys join me as we pray for our brothers and sisters? Um, who are watching. Father, we acknowledge the fact that there are those that are going through things in life that we can hardly imagine. We have brothers and sisters watching from correctional facilities all over who have very layered stories, but yet none of their stories are beyond your intervention. So Father, they are a part of our church family. We love them. We are grateful for them. And I ask that you during this Christmas season and beyond would fill them with your love and your grace and your peace and strength. May they know your healing and forgiveness and the hope that comes from trusting and following you. We are so honored that they are a part of our church family. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for that. Here's what you need to know about me. Um, I've talked a lot about joy and I personally want to experience this thing called joy. Yep, I do, I do. And, and it's something that I just don't talk about. It's something I desire. And here's what I know about you. And I don't even know your personal uh, situation and experience. I don't even know what's going on in your life, specifically uh, most of you. I know that you want joy too. Every single one of us here want to get in on what this thing called joy is about. And maybe, maybe that's why you ventured back into church, maybe for the first time in a long time, maybe the first time ever. Maybe this is, you know, why you walked away because you're like, ah, oh, I don't get it and I don't believe it and it's not worth it and all this kind of stuff. But I am so glad that you have gathered with us today because I believe deep down all of us want this, all of us need this, all of us desire this. And I will let you know that it's something all of us can experience. Now, what you may not know about joy and what we often miss about joy is this. And this is what we're talking about today. As we spread joy, we experience it. As you spread it, you experience it. It's, it's fascinating how this happens. 
As you go about sharing joy with others, it actually is something that builds within you. And it's kind of counterintuitive because a lot of times we think things like, well, I can't share what I don't have. I can't give it. I can't spread it if I don't have it in my own life. And I'm telling you, man, I've got so much problems and so many issues. And again, we talked a lot about that last week. I get it. I understand that. And so maybe that's why you don't. Maybe that's why you're like, well, I don't have the joy that I want and I don't have the joy that I've been praying for and I don't have what I want in my own life. So how can I, you know, help anybody else? You know, it's like I got to put my own mask on first, you know, the whole oxygen thing before, you know, helping someone else. I, I I get that. But with joy, it's different. Joy actually builds in our lives as we bring it to other people. And the most joyful people you know get that. The most joyful people you will ever meet have discovered that. And the most joyful times that you will have in your own life will be when you are spreading it to others. Come on, let's just fast forward one week. Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, in the opening of gifts and all that. Isn't that fun? You know, the best part of that, the best part, I mean, it's great to open a gift that you really like. That, that's cool, right? That's great. It, it beats opening a gift that you're like, what the heck? Right? It, so that's good. But the best part, and you know this, you know this especially if, if you're a parent and if extra special if, you know, if you're a grandparent, you get this. The best part is watching the faces of your loved ones and your friends as they open what you have bought and provided for them. Isn't that just the best thing? The best is just like, oh, it's the best part because we know this, that when you spread it, you experience it. And it's what the shepherds experience. Go all the way back to the first Christmas. This is what was going on with the shepherds. I mean, they were just having another night at work. I mean, just the same old, same old. We're watching sheep, you know, flocks by night. And then all of a sudden there's angel, there's an angel. And then there's a bunch of angels and they're making an announcement and they're like singing. And it's like, wow. It's like, what did you put in that drink, man? This is like... Whew. I mean, it's just hard to believe, hard to get your mind around all this. And if you're one of the shepherds, you're hearing this, this information, this announcement, the, the Messiah, the Christ child has been born. He's in Bethlehem, the bottom of the hill. All right. And immediately they were like, well, we got to go check this out. I love the scripture it talks about this. He said, and they went with haste. Yeah. In other words, they went immediately. The shepherds were not sheepish. There's more coming. Aren't you glad? In, in any way, man. And, and so they went to check it out. And when they had seen him, baby Jesus, you know, in the manger, and then Mary and Joseph, what's up, Joe? You know, Mary and everything. They immediately did what naturally you and I would do and anyone would do in this kind of situation. They spread the word. Told everybody concerning what had been told them about the child. They just started telling people. I mean, the angels were obviously watching the sheep. Somebody would be watching the sheep. That's not in the Bible, but you're thinking, okay, who's watching the sheep? You know, sheep would just wander off. So evidently the angel said, we'll watch the sheep. You guys go. And so they went and then they saw the baby and then they started telling people, you know, we got to tell everybody. And they made a Taco Bell run on the way back to the field. And they told the people there. And it's just all, everywhere they could find a place to tell. They were just spreading the news. And as they spread the news, something happens in them. The shepherds return. Now they're glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Like they saw, the angel said, this is what you're going to see. That's exactly what they saw. They were so excited. They're telling everybody. And as they told people, 
they were filled with joy. Because a big part of joy is sharing it. You know when you have good news, right? When you have good news, good news. What, what's one of the best parts about having good news? Telling people the good news. I just can't wait to tell them. I just can't wait. They're not going to believe this. I just can't wait. I just can't wait. I just can't wait. As you spread it, you experience it. And Buddy the Elf knew this too. You know, you know, you've seen it. If you haven't, you're going to this week. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. In fact, let's all say that together. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing for most of us. For most of us. Yeah, there's a few of you out there, we just want you to not sing quite so loud, right? Because it doesn't bring Christmas cheer, right? It reminds us of Halloween. So, right. And so you, when you make a joyful noise, you know, not so much noise, a little bit more joyful. And um, yeah, yeah. And that's why we keep the music loud around here so that you can sing as loud as you want and we won't all hear. Yeah, it's by design. No, you know what I'm talking about. And when you watch the movie, Buddy the Elf, right? How did he experience joy? He experienced joy by bringing it to other people. Now, I'm not going to try to theologically break down this movie because it wasn't intended for that, right? But there's something there. As he brought joy to others, he was filled with joy. And if anybody should get this, come on, gang. If anybody ought to get this right, it ought to be God's people, right? If anybody ought to understand this and see how this works and live it out, it ought to be God's family. Why? Because God's people are people of joy. That's what we're called to. That's the purpose of this whole thing. That's who we're meant to be. We're meant to be people of joy. Now, here's the deal. That does not mean we're always going to be happy. That does not mean that life is always going to go well for us. It does not mean that everything's going to be up and to the right in our business and up and to the right in our marriage and up and to the right with our health. No, actually, sometimes we go through very, very difficult experiences. But we are meant to be people in the midst of all of that, just like we talked about last week. If you missed last week, go, go listen. Even in the midst of difficult times, a deep abiding, settling, leveling joy that's not dependent upon circumstances that we can't control anyway. It's dependent upon our trust and faith in an unchanging Savior who gave himself for us and invites us to trust and follow him. God's people are meant to be people of joy. Now, I, I, I have had fun thinking of this this week, and I don't know if you ever thought about this, but this is just an evidence, just one evidence. Did you know that in the context of the local church, the context of the local church like uh, where we are here and, and in Oak Ridge and, and there's local churches all over, all over the world right now meeting. In the context of the local church, there's more joy experienced at one time than any other place and culture, than any other place in the world. No other place, no, I know, like the local church. And I'm just talking about numbers. If you think about the numbers, where else are there more people gathered and joy is shared? I mean, think about it. From the time you walk in, everybody's being greeted. Good morning, good morning. People are smiling, they're shaking hands, they're fist bumping. Some of you are hugging and hoping, I, I shouldn't hug her. You know, and isn't it interesting? You hug someone, they say, oh, you shouldn't hug me. I've been sick this week. Oh, there goes joy. 
Right, it, right, but it happens, it happens. You'll be fine, you'll be fine. I'm sure we're spreading stuff right now and we don't even know it, but it'll all be good. I mean, where else, where else? Other than a local church, do you see this much joy? People are singing, they're cheering, they're clapping. I mean, where else, where else? The only other place that I think it might be close would be like a football game, football stadium, where you got tens of thousands of people or maybe a college football game in like you know, Michigan, Ohio State, where you can get like 100,000 people in each of those stadiums. It's just like, wow, that's a lot of people. Or a NASCAR race, you know, boogity, 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 all the, you know, here we go. And it's like, wow. Okay. But here's the, here's the truth. There's a lot of people in those arenas, but there are more people gathered in churches right now in this moment on this day, than all of those events combined. There's nothing more joy filled than the gathering of people, the local church. If anybody ought to get this, I'm telling you, we should get this. And I think deep down we know this. But for some reason, we struggle living it out during the week as followers of Jesus, much less collectively as a church. Here's what I mean. If you listen to a lot of Christians talk, and if you listen to the vibe you get being around a lot of churches, it's the opposite of joy. It's gloom and doom. We're supposed to be people of joy, but if you listen to what the people of joy often sound like, it's like, man, it's bad out there. And it's going to get worse, too. You ain't, you ain't seen nothing yet. You wait till he gets elected. You wait until she gets in office. And if this happens, you just wait. You watch. You, you know what? You come back and tell me I ain't telling the truth. You just wait. I'll tell you. And the people start, wah, 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 you know, and it's bad and it's bad. And let me tell you how bad it is. And we just love to talk about how bad it is and how bad it is and, and where this whole thing is going. I'm telling you, I'm telling you where this is headed. And it's got, wherever it's headed, it's going there in a handbasket, right? And, and it's like, what, what's that about anyway? It's like, and if you listen to God's people and, and God's family, who we should know better, we should know better. If you listen to us talk, I say us because I'm one of you. Often, what we're, what we're guilty of is spreading despair and not joy. Well, I'm just trying to tell like it is. Well, we don't need you to do that. We have enough of those people. You don't need to do that anymore. We're good. We got it. Well, you know, in order to give people the good news, you got to tell them the bad news. No, you don't. We're surrounded by it. We know the bad news. We live in this world that you live in. We can see the bad news everywhere. We got plenty of people talking about the bad news. There's a reason why Jesus came to bring us good news. And the good news is about joy. We are, I mean, that was the announcement that the angel said to the shepherd to bring you good tidings of great joy, right? Yeah. The whole thing really is about joy. And God's people are people of joy and we need to do a better job. Of spreading it. In fact, we need to take our cue from those that have come before us, our brothers and sisters who have come before us. Let me just point out the fact that the very first Christians in the first century, if you, if you research and you read and you see what was going on in those days, I mean, they had it rough in the first century. I mean, isn't it interesting, the older you get, you look back to your past with nostalgia and we call them the good old days, right? And we're like, oh man, it was the good old days. I'm not so sure. Because if you were a Christian in the first century, I mean, yeah, you were living in the times of Jesus, which would have been pretty cool, right? But you also got the Romans 
that are constantly breathing down your neck and people are being killed for following Jesus. I mean, they're being murdered for following Jesus. They got the Romans and the taxes and everything and there's no indoor plumbing and there's no Krispy Kreme donuts and there's no Chick-fil-A and I'm just telling you, it was bad. It was bad back then. It was hard, hard living. And they, those first Christians in the first century, in the middle of all their difficulties, literally changed the world. And here's how they did it. Not by saying, look what this world is coming to, but by saying, look what has come into the world. More specifically, look who has come into the world. You see the difference? See, it wasn't like, can you believe the Romans? Can you believe Caesar? Can you believe the taxes? Can you believe the fact? Can you believe, can, this is awful, it's awful. It's like you're like spreading despair and gloom. No, their message was the Messiah has come. The Messiah is here and we killed him. We crucified him because we didn't know. And then he rose again and proved that he was in fact the savior of the world and he was among us. And now he has come to us and he lives again and we can follow him and we can trust him and we can know him and we can receive his love and it changes our lives and they literally turn the world upside down because their message was not look what this world is coming to it was look who has come into this world and that is still supposed to be our message gang I wonder I wonder why we struggle with that so much I understand bad news is sexier. I understand bad news gets more press. I understand bad news spreads faster, but we got enough of that. And it don't need your help. The bad news doesn't need your help spreading it. It'll take care of itself. We are people of joy and meant to spread joy. In fact, this goes all the way back to who it is we say we follow, right? We call ourselves Christians. We call ourselves people of Christ. We call ourselves followers of Jesus. And this all goes back to him because Jesus was the ultimate joy bringer. I mean, that's what he was about. I don't know what you think about Jesus. I don't know what you've been told about Jesus, but I grew up in, in church, uh, you know, kind of situations where I had this idea of Jesus. He just came to tell people off. He just came to tell, you're going to hell, you're going to hell, you're going to hell, and you're going to hell, and ooh, I know, I can read your thoughts, you're going to hell too. That's not what Jesus came to do. That wasn't his message. Read what Jesus said. He came and his message was overwhelmingly positive and good news. Now, did Jesus say some hard things? Did Jesus confront? Did Jesus say challenging things? Yes, he did. Most of that stuff was aimed at church-going religious people, though, who thought they had it all figured out and they were missing the whole point anyway. No, but if you just hear what Jesus proclaimed to the community, it was overwhelmingly good news. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is here and it is among you. And he invited people to follow him into this life, not a perfect life, not an easy life, but a life of deep and abiding joy because of him. Jesus, the ultimate joy bringer. I wanna show you something that I recently discovered myself. I'm constantly learning more about Jesus, constantly learning more about what it is, to, what it means to, to follow God. I'm constantly learning more about the Bible and about all this kind of stuff. If I don't have it figured out, and, and I'm growing right alongside of you. So I, I discovered this a few weeks ago. I discovered a connection that I'd never seen before between joy 
And the thing here at the summit that we talk about more than anything else unapologetically, which is love first, right? It's on our walls, everything. And love first is Jesus's new command when he says, I want you to love each other as I've loved you. We talk about that all the time because that's how Jesus summarized everything he came to do and say, which if that's the way Jesus summarized it, that should probably be our focus. And so we make that our focus. And I don't know why every church and every, you know, everybody doesn't make that their focus, but just for us, we're going to make sure we make that our focus. We talk about that all the time. And it doesn't mean easy and cushy. Sometimes love will kick your butt. We talk about that. Love is not always easy. Love can be hard, but we're here to love each other as Jesus has loved us. And there's a connection between that that I've never seen before. And we'll show you. Enjoy. And it comes right from something Jesus said. Jesus told his followers, I've loved you even as the Father has loved me. So remain in my love. Boy, doesn't that sound good? They just kind of give you the warm fuzzies. Remain, ooh, remain in his love. What is that like? What's that, what's that mean? And he's going to tell us. Because if he didn't tell us, we would all be making up our own uh, definitions and conclusions for what we think Jesus meant by remain. And some translations use the word abide. Abide in my love, remain in my love. Jesus said, he goes on. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Oh, so that's what it means to remain in your love. Obey your commandments, just as I, you know, obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. Okay. Yeah. What commandments? Right? You mean like the do's and the don'ts, like thou shalt and thou shalt not and thou shalt and thou shalt not kind of thing. Well, Jesus wanted to make sure we fully understood, so he clarified further. Well, this is my commandment that you need to obey and you need to follow to remain in my love. Here it is. Love each other the same way I've loved you. It's the new command. It's love first. And here we are again. I mean, we're right back at that. Jesus repeats this over and over and over again. That when you love each other as I have loved you, how did he love us? He gave his life for us. And you look at the cross and you see evidence of that. In fact, side note, the writer of Hebrews, the letter of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 12, verse two says this, that Jesus actually went to the cross because of joy, because of the joy set before him. He endured the cross, even though it was a shameful thing back then to be nailed to a cross. Jesus was like, I don't care because I'm going to bring joy to the world. This is how I'm going to do it. This is how I'm going to accomplish it. And so Jesus loved us in that way. And then he looks at us and says, I want you to love each other sacrificially the way I have loved you. And tucked, here we go. Here's the connection. Tucked right in the middle of all of this, Jesus says, I've told you these things. What things? To remain in my love. You obey my commands, you remain in my love. Oh, oh, my command is that you love each other as I've loved you. Right in the middle of all that, he says, I've told you all this to love each other as I've loved you so that you will be filled with my, there it is, joy. And yes, your joy will overflow. There's a connection. Jesus said there's a connection between joy and experiencing joy, experiencing it, and then loving each other as he has loved us. There it is. As you spread it, you experience it. There is a connection between experiencing joy that is tied to loving Jesus, I mean loving others as Jesus loves us. When we receive Jesus's love and share Jesus's love, we begin to experience the joy in our lives that Jesus came to bring. 
So let me round it out with this, just to make sure we're crystal clear. Jesus is the ultimate joy bringer and we are here to join him. We are here to join him. We are here as his followers to join him in bringing joy to the world. We are here as a church to join Jesus in bringing joy to the world, period. I don't know why you think church exists. I don't know why you think, you know, Christians are here, but it's not. And God did not leave us here. Jesus did not leave us here just so we could be right and everybody else be wrong. And that's not why you're here. And I like being right. I prefer being right over being wrong. It's more fun to be right than it is to be wrong. But that's not why we're here. We're not here to prove a point. We're here to make a difference. We're not here just to kind of hang loose until heaven, right? Oh, it's bad. We just need to hold tight. Just sit tight until Jesus comes back and we can get the heck out of Dodge. You know, what? No. Jesus said, when you love each other the way I've loved you, and that's what I want you to do. I want you to love each other. I want you to treat each other the way I've treated you. That's why you're alive. That's why you're here. That's what it means to follow me. And when you do that, I will fill you with my joy and your joy will overflow. When? When does that happen? That happens here and now, today, at your house, in your neighborhood, where you work with the people in your life, in our community. We are to join Jesus. And Summit, that's why we exist as a church, period. Never, ever mistake that we are here to bring joy to the community, joy to the world. And that's why we love first. That's why we serve that's why we volunteer. That's why we sacrifice time and energy and we rearrange schedules. You think people volunteer because they ain't got nothing else better to do. Well, it must be nice. I'm so busy. I can't do something like that. But I, man, maybe one day. I guess these people got cushy lives and they, don't, they just got all this extra time. No, they, they don't have any more time than you got. 24-7, 365.25. I say the .25 because we're coming up on leap year next year. Get an extra day. Yeah. No, they do what they do and ultimately serve and volunteer because we're here to bring joy to people. We're here to bring joy to our community, joy to people's lives. Good news in a world that is saturated with bad news. That's why we serve. That's why we volunteer. That's why we meet needs. That's why we're generous in how we meet needs. Here at the summit, that is why we meet needs with no strings attached. That's why you should meet needs with no strings attached. Just because we're here to bring joy. Period. Period. Just because. This kind of stuff Jesus did. Just because. No strings attached. That's why we gave you these joy packets this year this month. And they're saying, you've got all these cards in here, these you've been Christmas cards to, to do some things for people, encourage people and serve people and meet needs in people's lives and let them know they've been Christmas. And that brings joy. That's why we give stuff away here free all the time. We just trying to spread joy. And I, I know it's, I've heard some people are like, I don't know how they're giving all that stuff away. I don't know who's giving so that they can have what they're going to give. All. Well, not you. Not with that attitude, so don't worry about it, okay? But that's why we give stuff away. Why would you do that? Just put a smile on somebody's face. Bring joy to people. Change their, you know, you know, time out just a second. Do, do you know in businesses, if, you, if you're in business, 
the, the whole goal of your business, no matter what it is, is to exceed your customer's expectations, right? You want to exceed their expectations. Whatever expectation they have, you want to exceed it. At the church, ours is the opposite. We don't want to exceed their expectations because most people showing up ain't expecting much to begin with. Right? They don't want to be here. They're looking for a good reason to never come back. So we want to give them the opposite of what they expect. Right? It's just like, I had no idea. That's the first time I've ever been to church and actually liked it and actually understood and actually had fun. And actually, what are they saying? Experience joy. That's the whole point. We are people of joy and Jesus is the ultimate joy bringer and we are here to join him. Do you know that's why we give financially is to bring joy to people, to bring joy to the world. For those of you that are considering a year-end gift, that's why you should consider it is to bring joy. For those of you who give on a regular basis, that's why you should do it, to help bring joy to the world. You know, I heard of a church not long ago. Well, I was reminded not long ago there was a church in Michigan, in Grand Rapids, Michigan, actually, who had the, years ago, had the boxes around before digital giving became a thing, and most of us give digitally now. It's convenient, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's great. We encourage it, and you can automate it. It's all kinds of technology that helps with that. But, and we've got boxes, too, on the wall. But they had, you know, back then it was just only, you know, pass a plate or boxes. You know what they called their boxes, this church in Michigan? They called them joy boxes. <laughs> How about that? Isn't that crazy? I mean, that's the whole point. I mean, God says, I want you to give joyfully. I want you to give cheerfully. And so they just took, you know, I don't know, they took him seriously. And they just, we'll just call these joy boxes. That's why we do it. Hey, when you invite your friends and neighbors, do you know why you're ultimately doing that? Right? Has nothing to do with hell. Ultimately, has nothing to do with heaven. Is you want them to experience what you're experiencing. And yes, I understand eternity is eternity. I get all that. And there's a time and place to talk about that. I'm talking about just here and now. You want them to benefit the way you have benefited. You want them to experience joy. We invite each other. We include each other to help spread joy and bring it to people. The narrative of Christmas has always been joy. In fact, the mission of Jesus has always been about joy. And that must be our mindset. That must be our attitude. That must be our approach. Not just to Christmas, but all year long. My attitude, your attitude, someone, our attitude and our message must be, look who has come into the world for us. Enough with the, look what this world is coming to. We get it. Jesus is the ultimate joy bringer. And we are simply here to join him. And as we spread it, we get to experience it. Even when things are rough, even when things are hard, even when we have problems and we're experiencing pain, as we spread it, we experience it deep, abiding joy. As we show up in people's lives, yeah, as we are present in their pain, as we give grace freely, as we forgive quickly and forgive each other fully, we experience joy as we spread it, as we encourage each other and build up each other and serve one another, as we give generously one another as we simply share the love of Jesus that we have received and we continue to receive. We experience it.
and we spread. And then Jesus' joy, get this, this is amazing. The joy of Jesus begins to grow in us and build in us and change us from the inside out as we simply bring the joy of his love to those around us. You know this is true. Deep down, you believe this is true. May we decide that this is true by the way we live our lives too. We are joy bringers because Jesus got it all started. And this is what joy to the world is really all about anyway. Let's pray. Our Father, thank you for the simplicity and the power of joy. Joy that Jesus experienced as he gave himself for us. Joy that you invite us into as we trust and follow him. Father, may we pay attention to what it is we're really saying to the world around us. And may we stop just reminding people how bad the bad news is. They get it. They know it. Our job is to join you bringing joy, bringing the good news, and being that to those around us. Father, may we remind ourselves we are people of joy and may we begin living like it at home, in our neighborhoods, my goodness, at work, in the culture. May we reflect it when politics comes up and when war comes up and when pain comes up and when cancer comes up and when marital problems come up and when all of the challenges of life that tend to suck the joy right out of us are staring us in the face. May we rest in who you are in a place of deep and abiding comfort and joy that you came to bring. That was the announcement. That's what it was about then. That's what it always has been and will be about. Thank you for this joy to the world, to us. In Jesus' name.